This podcast is brought to you by RMA, the Risk Management Association. RMA's sole purpose is to advance the use of sound risk management principles in the financial services industry. Learn more at rmahq.org. This podcast is sponsored by RMA's annual Risk Management Conference. Attend this year's premier event, October 27 through 29, in New Orleans to hear the best practices for managing today's top risks. Visit rmahq.org for details. Hello, everyone. I'm Fran Garrett, Director of Global Markets Risk and Securities Funding at RMA. And joining me today is RMA Board Member Kevin Oden, Managing Member of Kevin Oden Associates. We're going to discuss model validation with regard to best practices, regulatory expectations, artificial intelligence and machine learning, talent, and LIBOR replacement. How have you seen the model validation practice change and evolve over the course of your career? Well, Fran, when I started in the industry, there wasn't a formal validation process at firms. Most developers essentially validated their own models. Even with the OCC 2000 guidance, when that came out, the range of practice at firms was broad, with only a few having uh, clearly independent groups validating their models. That's clearly changed now, um, where um, the requirements are you have an independent group or you do uh, your validations with an outside uh, firm. So, um, you know, it's, it's changed dramatically since I've been in, uh, in the industry. So what are some of the best practices globally with regard to model validation? Best practice uh, is, uh, and, and there really are a range of best practices. Um, there's no right way to do this, but there's a whole lot of wrong ways to, 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 to validate. Um, but uh, best practice is having well-defined policy and procedure, uh, naturally, but even more so having validation and development templates uh, very important. So they guide the process, uh, they provide transparency to all participants around validation expectations, which is really important. Also, the validation process really begins before uh, the model is developed. Uh, model risk management should be at the table when the business is considering the model to understand the design purpose and business need. As firms expand their model validation practice, what is the word of advice that you would give them? I think where I ended the last question uh, is where um, I would give some advice. Uh, So I'm going to reiterate it because I think it's really important. Um, The validation process really starts before the modeling even begins. Uh, The model validation and the model risk management team really need to be at the table to understand um, the design purpose, uh, the design goals of, uh, of the model. Um, because uh, a lot of what goes into the model and what goes into the model validation is going to come out of those initial thoughts around the purpose and objective of the model. And it really, the validation process continues throughout the life of the model. Um, so uh, firms have to get their, their, their arms around, their culture uh, around the fact that model validation uh, begins uh, before the model comes to, to life, and it really goes throughout the life of the model. So what do you consider the top three issues facing the industry today with regard to model validation? Yeah, that's, uh, that's a uh, tough question because uh, there are three or more um, really tough issues facing the industry with regards to models. But 
I think uh, if I had to limit it to three, it would be, uh, you know, regulatory expectations are, are continuing to, to increase around um, model risk management and model validation in particular. Um, the definition of a model uh, continues to expand. SR117 um, made it clear that um, what a lot of people thought was, a, was, uh, was not a model is in fact a model. And that definition, uh, what gets under that umbrella of, uh, of a model continues to expand in the industry. Um, of course, AI and machine learning are you know, hitting um, just about every firm today in some shape or form. And uh, the, the, the difficulties uh, in attracting and retaining uh, and developing the talent that, that understands the complexities of, um, of AI and machine learning are, are a challenge to the industry. So let's explore those three challenges. So maybe we'll start first with, can you expand on the statement that you made with regard to increasing expectations of regulators? Just like we've seen the, the requirements and uh, the, expect, you know, the rules evolve since 2000 to, uh, you know, OCC 2000 to, to SR 117, um, the, the requirements, the expectations of, um, of the regulatory agencies are increasing uh, because model use at all of our firms is continuing to expand. So they're looking for more in-depth validations. They're looking for more things to be included under the, the model umbrella. They're looking for better talent to, to, to actually do the validations. They're looking to see that the validators are engaged, like I talked before, you know, throughout the life of the model. Um, so this, uh, this idea of effective challenge, which uh, the regulators have talked about um, uh, in, in all risk management areas, they're really looking for that effective challenge throughout the life of a model, um, throughout the life uh, of a model in, the, um, in that risk management space as well. And how that happens is, how that, how that happens at a firm um, is, uh, is difficult. And uh, it's new to a lot of firms. They're, 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 they're not used to this in, 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 in many of their risk management spaces, but certainly not in this newer space, model risk management and model validation. I know as the regulators have asked the industry to set up second lines of defense, uh, one of the, the priorities that they've had is that that second line of defense is seen as effectively challenging that, that first line. So, um, and, and I, think, I think it's a good thing um, that uh, the regulators are, are looking for that effective challenge. The, the challenge, you know, no pun intended, is that the, the definition of effective challenge is, is somewhat fuzzy, if you will. Um, essentially, what it means is throughout the process, there should be a healthy... Uh, skepticism along the way, I mean, and, and that should be a healthy skepticism and a constructive skepticism that goes throughout the risk management process. But on the model and on the model risk management side, it means again starting at the at the start before the start of model development, understanding, challenging, um, effectively challenging. You know the the business purpose for a new model, the business purpose for a uh, redeveloped model and um, 
when the, the word effective means that you bring the right talent to the table that understands the, 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 the complexities of the business as well as the complexity of the models that they're thinking about so that they can be uh, a part of that conversation, a constructive part of the conversation. And um, that, that hasn't, you know, if, you're, if you think about what happened in the industry 10, 15 years ago, that just wasn't a part of the process. Usually, you know, risk management was at the end of the process rather than a, a part of the process. And that made for clearly bad decisions being made in the business that you, it's difficult to, to, you know, to pull back or stop something from a risk management perspective once it's already been created and rolled out. Uh, you had mentioned, uh, you know, what is the basis for regulators considering something a model? And I believe you mentioned SR 11.7. Yep, so SR 11.7, um, you know, basically um, expanded in many respects what uh, what was considered a model from, you know, previous regulatory guidance. And, um, you know, personally, I actually think it was a, it was a good thing. It was a, it was a good definition of what a model is, but in, in, in some respects, or I should say not but, but and in some respects, it, um, it brought a lot of things under the, the model umbrella, which really weren't there before. And I think it's going to continue to, to bring things um, that, um, you know, previous, previously weren't considered models. They're going to be considered um, models. And that, in, that increases the, the, you know, the needs and the requirements at, at all firms. Talent to, uh, to, to do the validations and make sure that they can uh, do the model risk management around um, uh, the model inventory. The model inventory increases. Uh, so the workload that needs to be done is just e expanding. Uh, but um, I think talent is going to be one of the biggest challenges for the industry as you know just the number of models and the complexity of models continue to expand. You know what are considerations that financial institutions need to take into account when considering artificial intelligence and machine learning? Well that's a that's going to be a game changer in many respects. Um, the um, there's so many things to consider um, and I think, in fact, it's, uh, you know, we just talked about the expanding model inventory. Machine learning is, um, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a great, um, everyone wants to say that they, they have AI or machine learning, but it is coming. So when you think about chatbots, which are prevalent um, in, in a number of industries, uh, they're becoming prevalent in, you know, in the financial industry. Uh, when you think about robotic process automation, uh, all of these things, are going to be considered models and that means that you're going to have to to validate them uh, for for purpose and for conceptual soundness and the skill set to take a look at these um, is um, you know just just isn't everywhere in in the, in, the, in, in the market so people we're going to have to to train uh, existing people to to be able to to take a look at these um, and we're going to have to bring in new talent to the industry to be able to take a look at all of these new machine learning uh, tools and, and models that are out there. So it's going to be a great challenge for the industry to attract, retain that talent, especially when you know they, they have the ability to, that talent set has the ability to go to the Amazons, the Ghouls, 
you know, the Facebooks of the world, um, you know, we're competing with them in, the, in, in that area as well. And I see, um, especially in my former role, where, um, you know, you lose talent uh, uh, because the Amazons and the Googles of the world really want those people as well. Given that we have LIBOR replacement on the horizon by the end of 2021, uh, the assumption is that, you know, the models that use LIBOR will have to be validated when the new alternative reference rate, presumably SOFR, is incorporated into the models. What impact and, you know, what should institutions be looking for or to do with regard to model validation and the LIBOR replacement? It's, it's going to be a big job for the industry, and um, you know the first uh, the first component of that job is identifying all of the models that are going to be impacted by this. So, um, the, the 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 firms that have very good inventory process um, and have the ability within their inventories to identify you know inputs and dependencies are going to be ahead of the game. And, um, but um, still, just get, getting ahead of the game is not going to, um, you know, make any of this um, uh, easy at all. SOFR is, you know, we're starting to create uh, a time series uh, of data, uh, and the liquidity in that market continues to increase, but um, it certainly isn't as liquid as uh, LIBOR was, you know, uh, at its prime. And, um, you know, so proxying is going to be one of those complexities that model <clears throat> validators are going to have to take a look at and consider the risk associated with proxying um, SOFR. Uh, they're also going to have to take a look at um, the impacts on, um, you know, stress in the SOFR market. And we just don't have, um, you know, stress conditions yet in the, in the SOFR data yet. Uh, in con considering the validation. Uh, we also don't know, you know, the, uh, the types of uh, convexity adjustments which are going to be needed for some of the derivatives yet um, because we, we, they haven't finalized how you're going to do some of the averaging in, the, in arrears, et cetera, for in the SOFR market yet. So um, you're planning a validation process yet where the pieces are still, still haven't been put together yet. Thank you, Kevin, for joining us today. And to everyone listening to this podcast, please join us for RMA's Risk Readiness Webinar Series starting November 5th. This new webinar series will address the top challenges facing the financial services industry and provide practical solutions to allow your institution to thrive. For more information and to register, please visit rmahq.org.